Foodies and aspiring travel experts, if you're not one already, welcome to the Nomming Expeditions podcast. I am your host Kersha, and thank you for making it all the way to episode three. If you're new here, welcome, welcome. This has a supplementary blog, and you can type in nommingexpeditions.travel.blog to see photos that go with. The episodes, photos, videos, any type of media that is necessary, any links you want to see or you want to click, then go to the blog. If not, then it's going to be all in the show notes. So once again, welcome to episode three. Welcome back. If you've listened to the previous episodes, you know the drill. We are going to start with a fun fact. Our fun fact for today is: Question: What is the weirdest food item that Filipinos love to eat? All right, time's up. That would be balut. That's B A L U T. Don't Google it though if you're squeamish. That would be fertilized duck egg, hard-boiled fertilized duck fetus. All right, and actually, in reality, not all Filipinos love it. Um, I do, but not all. And if you want to try it, please do go to the Philippines. It's dirt cheap there, and that's the source. I always encourage that you go straight to the source and try it there. It's amazing. It's way more flavorful. Than a regular hard-boiled chicken egg. That's why quite a few chefs use it in their cuisine now, because it does have more taste. It's considered brain food. It's gonna make you smarter. Apparently, you can Google all that shiz for why and the science behind it.、Um, but yeah, balut. There you go. If you haven't heard about that, that's one thing you gotta try. When you go to the Philippines, I mean the Vietnamese make it too. But from what I heard, the Filipinos make it better. I'm so sorry, Vietnamese friends. All right, let's get moving to episode three. To my precious listeners, thank you for making it to episode. Three from the bottom of my heart. Oh my goodness! Thank you for listening to this new travel and food podcast. So now, if you've listened to my first two episodes, they're all about food. I talked about the restaurants in DC、uh, by Jose Andres, the chef, and it was Oyamel and Zaitinia. If you haven't heard of it yet, please go listen to those episodes. And if you want to learn more about、uh, those certain Uh, food items and the chef, all of them, all the links are in the show notes. Now, let's move on to travel tips and hacks. They these are coming straight from my personal notes. I am quite a forgetful person, and if I didn't write these down for myself, it's out the window. So, again, these are my top ten travel tips. I wrote this for myself. But now I feel like 
you know what? Let me share this with the world because maybe some of you、uh, don't know this yet. And if you do happen to be a travel expert and yet you still learned one thing from this list, that would make me very, very happy. So, are you ready? So, let's go! Travel tip number one. This is of utmost importance. I forgot these before and it sucked. So we went to Europe, and as you know, I'm coming from Canada. We have a different set of plugs, the prongs for the outlets. So bring the right adapters to the country you're going to. Do your research first, okay? Make sure to take a look at what their outlets look like. The plugs, you know, because you won't be able to charge your phone or any of your devices if you didn't bring any of the right adapters. And you'll be lucky sometimes because your hotel or your Airbnb might have those adapters ready. But if they don't, which happened to us before, it sucked. So one of my devices was just dead the whole time. And I had to rely on my portable charger, which also needed to be charged later on. Again, that's number one. Bring the right adapters. You can buy them from the dollar store. It will cost you if you have to buy it at your destination, especially if you are nowhere near a dollar store. When I was in England, I again. Forgot, or I think I may have lost one of my adapters、um, for the British plugs and outlets. And four pounds is worth eight dollars, and that's versus just a dollar back home here in Toronto. So I could have saved myself a great deal had I brought that adapter. Mm hmm. Yep. Set. If you don't mind shelving 20 bucks for just one thing, one adapter that can be used in any country you go to, then you can go on Amazon and you can buy a universal travel adapter if you don't have one already.、Um, there's two great universal travel adapters I've ordered. Um, throughout the years, I myself now have a rose gold power plug adapter. It's gorgeous and that matters to me. I love packaging.、Um, I'll share that link on the show notes and in my blog. And if you're new here, my blog, the supplementary blog, is called namingexpeditions.travel.blog. Just type that in. And、uh, yeah, I'll show you what it looks like, and as well as the link. The other one is the Universal Travel Adapter.、Um, it's blue. It's made by a company called Gold Fox, while the rose gold one is by Sublime Wear. Currently, it's unavailable, but hey, if you click the link and you are listening to this at a later time, And it may be available, then that's great because you don't need to bring those individual travel adapters. You only need to bring one. This also has USB plugs, and、um, yeah, it just makes your life so much easier. So if you're into that, feel free to click the links. If not, 
go to your nearest dollar store and buy the individual adapters so that you're ready to go whichever country you pick to fly to. All right. Okay, number two, go on your airport's Wi-Fi. Now, a lot of people I know do search out the free Wi-Fi at the airport they've landed, but they don't really read the pages when you're logging in. All right, so go on your airport's Wi-Fi, and you know the pop-out page, it comes out, and then you have to click connect. Some airports may not have that, but most of them do. So once there's that pop-out page, take your time. Take two seconds to read the things on it, because sometimes they give you free stuff. One thing is in the London airport, I happened to be bored, and so when the pop-out page came out, I read everything on that page. And on that pop-out page, it says, free hot drink of choice at Pret-a-Manger using LHR's Wi-Fi. That's London Heathrow. That's the airport. Okay, so free hot drink of choice. Boy, was I ecstatic because I was like, I am saving a few pounds. Again, in Canadian dollars, it's more than twice the amount. And so there you go. I managed to get a fancy latte at Pret-a-Manger at LHR. So again, go on your airport's Wi-Fi. Read the pop-out page because you're going to get freebies. And that's going to help if you're broke and hungry. You're welcome. Tip number three, read your airline tickets very carefully. You think you already read that thing, top to bottom, front and back, but nope. You got to read it super duper carefully, especially if it's paid for by your company. So as for me, by experience, um, my cruise company pays for my flights and hotels and... Um, Somebody did not read the ticket carefully when I was in Japan. I believe that was at Haneda Airport. My friend and I, my colleague, we were the same. Completely blind, didn't read it carefully. <sighs> so we went out, we ate dinner, paid for it by ourselves. We paid for it, not the company. And it turns out in the ticket, it says we're... We can enter Sakura Lounge, which is one of the nice lounges in that airport. And it comes with showers and um, this great buffet that we never got to eat at. And the only time I managed to make it there was because in the last five minutes I saw what it said in the ticket. I ran because I really wanted to see it. And my friend just wait, was just waiting for our flight and we were boarding like in three minutes I ran towards where that was the Sakura lounge and uh, I should not have done that I regretted it I'm like oh dear lord and so this is now in my personal notes make sure to check if you are part of a lounge if you have that freebie especially if your company booked it for you so you pretty much just wasted their money and you just missed that experience so again 
read your airline tickets carefully and not just for the lounges, but also for any other things you have. You may also be able to go to the counter and ask for a free upgrade. Who knows? It could be written in your ticket or something like that. So yes, and we're going to be moving on to tip number four, which is going to be connected to this one. So tip number four, do not worry if you do not get a seat on that flight you want to be in. Unless you're really, 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 really must be on that flight to reach an interview, a wedding, or anything that is super duper important. But hear this. So one time I was going to Boston, just Boston from Toronto, not too far. I went, I didn't get to check in online. I usually do check in online. Don't know what happened then. And the counter people told me, oh, we're sorry. You still don't have a seat. So just, just take a seat over there and wait. And of course, after I waited and it was time to call everyone for boarding, I didn't get a seat still. And I was fuming. I was ready to bite their heads off. I was already formulating this one long script in my head with matching dramatic angry poses and facial expressions and as I marched over there they said we're so sorry we're gonna put you on the next flight and the next flight was until like I believe that was like more than five hours later something like that and so they said can you can go to the customer service desk and and they were so busy that I couldn't do my whole spiel my whole angry spiel. So I was ready to do that for the customer service desk. And on I went, lined up with my <laughs> co-travelers who were equally as angry because some of them didn't get seats either, just like me. And I actually asked one of the guys, I'm like, okay, well, this is so inconvenient. How much are they going to give us? And he says, oh, some somewhere around 500 should be like that. And I was like, 500, it's not so bad. But I'm still angry. I'm still going to go there and bite that lady's head off. So I standed, <laughs> I standed, I stood in line and waited. Upon arriving at the customer service, or I think they called it customer relations desk, I was puffing up like a toad and I, I was ready to go, man. But as soon as I got there, so I was like, okay, well, this is extremely inconvenient. And, and they cut me off and she was like, we are sorry, ma'am. We are really sorry. Um, we will be giving you this voucher over here and then this check. And when I saw the check, you guys, that completely shut me up. It wasn't $500 not 400 it was 800 canadian dollars they were giving me 800 that's near a thousand canadian dollars plus two dinner vouchers which uh are ten dollars each so pretty much 20 so i got 820 dollars off of them for denied boarding and if you go to my supplementary blog i will be posting up uh, those photos for proof so you can see and this happened on July 1st 2017 and yeah 
They have their full apology in their receipt and even in their voucher. It says, please accept our apologies for the interruption in your trip. This voucher represents our contribution towards a meal. And the voucher is valid at all the airport restaurants or onboard Air Canada or Air Canada Express. So there you go. Thank you, Air Canada. And that's a lesson for us all. It's not such a bad thing. My flight to Boston only cost me, I think, roughly 300 bucks. And they gave me 800, well, 820. So I pretty much profited from that experience. So next time, if you're not in a hurry and it's not a must for you to be at that certain destination, then do not worry about it because they will give you really good compensation. And if you Google certain airlines, some are some even give you a higher compensation than what Air Canada gave me. Some will give up to $1,200, I believe. So just check with the airlines, check with their policies. And I think if it goes beyond five hours of wait, then that's one thing. You, you can already leverage that. So keep that in mind. This was one of the most eye-opening experiences I had at the airport. Okay, so keep that in mind. You can profit off of denied boarding or any other problems the airport or the airlines may cause you. A quick additional recording here, guys. So I now have added screenshots to my blog entry for this episode, episode three. And if you cannot see the photos right now on my blog, don't worry about it. I'll read it to you. So one screenshot I took, and I took all these screenshots during the time this happened to me when I got booted off um, from my seat or from my lack of a seat because I never ever bought one or saved one when I was booking it. It says, this is from the LA Times, if an airline gets a booted passenger on a flight that arrives between one and four hours later than the arrival time of the overbooked flight, federal law says the carrier must pay 200% of the original fare with a cap of $675. This is in US because it's published by um, LA Times. So federal law American Federal Law, if the airline gets the booted passenger to the final destination later than four hours after the original arrival time, the carrier must pay 400% of the original fare. Did you guys hear that? 400% with a maximum of 1,350 USD. 1,350 USD. Now, if you're Canadian, you're like, what about us? Okay, so this is from cbc.ca. It says, for lengthy delays, most airlines are also required to give you food or accommodation vouchers as well under their ticket agreement. So from what you heard earlier, I got both vouchers, food vouchers, as well as my $800 check. Now, 
Let's continue. The specifics of what you can get should be laid out in the airline's tariff, which is its contract with you. For Air Canada, a delay of more than six hours means you could get compensated for up to $800. This is me. So earlier I mentioned my delay was more than five hours, but it was actually more than six hours now that I remember. Now, even better, if you fly with WestJet and and Sunwing, that figure jumps to as much as 1300 Canadian dollars. So again, do not panic. If your flight is overbooked and you get bumped out of a seat, you don't get one, and they tell you to stand by, don't worry about it. Leverage that. Um, I know some people, you know, when they start um, calling out people didn't get a seat or uh, if you're willing to give up your seat, we'll give you a $300 voucher. They tend to do that. Sometimes you'll hear that um, as you're walking along the different gates. Um, don't worry. Some people even say, wait until that um, amount gets bigger and bigger. So kudos to you. If you get that $1,300, feel free to comment here or write in the reviews. I want to know if you got that amount. So I got $800, and I think that was already pretty big. But if you got get that over $1,000 figure, good for you. And I really hope I can help you with this. Um, I've also attached proof of my $800 check as well as my two $10 food vouchers. And I've also attached the contact info that Air Canada gave me. These are for passengers who are really stressed out. <laughs> Same way that happened to me. Um, <clears throat> all the info are here. And yeah, just go to my blog, read all of them. Okay, <laughs> hope this helps you out and Go make money out of that booted seat. Tip number five, and this is going to be the last tip for this episode since this is only part one of the top 10 travel tips, is that SIM card. Yes, you need that SIM card with exclamation marks. That, that's what it looks like on my personal notes. Yes, you need that SIM card when you're in that other country because it is of utmost importance that you can communicate with other people that you're meeting with and also that data plan. So even if you get a SIM card that can't call or text, you need that data plan. You need to be able to go online with Wi-Fi. Now, mind you, a lot of countries have cafes that offer free Wi-Fi. And if you find Starbucks, yep, that's a Wi-Fi oasis. But if you do have it on your phone, you can pretty much go anywhere. You're good to go. So there were moments in my travels and also with my man when we travel around the world, there were moments where I was being cheap. He would keep telling me, come on, we really, really need to buy that SIM card. At least one of us, right? We need a data plan. And sometimes I would feel like, oh, it doesn't feel so good because um, that's a little pricey for that amount. Or we can't even call or text, etc., etc. So many excuses when I already know that how important it is. So one very, very good country you can go to that has the best value I would say is Greece. 
So when we arrived at Athens, Greece, we immediately bought a SIM card right when we got off the subway or the metro train. So when we were climbing up at the one of the main stations in Athens, I'm sorry, I forgot what was the name. Um, there were uh, already people there who were selling it. And I'm um, sorry, <clears throat> there were a bunch of people already selling it. And it was only five euros, five euros for, I believe, five to eight gigs of data. And this couldn't call or text, but that was a very, very generous amount of gigabytes uh, for data. And so there was no need for Wi-Fi, and we literally just, we were able to travel anywhere. We knew where our fave or want-to-go-to restaurants were um, because of all that Wi-Fi. So yes, I'm sorry, not the data, not the Wi-Fi. So yes, you need that SIM card. Do not be cheap. Wherever you are, it can all also save you from, God forbid, dire situations when you need to contact someone or you need to even do a post of your status just in case you're in trouble, God forbid. And thankfully that never happened to us, but with regards to going to great foodie places, it helps a lot. Locating your Airbnb, it helps a lot. Calling an Uber and Lyft and whatever um, vehicle app is out there, you need that SIM card. I cannot stress this enough for you and for myself. You need a SIM card when you are in a city, especially if it's more than three days. So that's it for episode three. And you know what episode four is going to be next time. It's going to be part two of my top 10 travel tips. So I'll share five more awesome tips from my personal notes. I really hope you learned a lot from this episode. I'm pretty sure you love tip number four. And go out there. And I hope I took away your future stress in the airport. Um, all right. See you next time. Thanks for listening again. And please, please, please check out my blog, nommingexpeditions.travel.blog. And if you could get your kind heart to write a review um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again. Arigatou gozaimashita. Take care. Mwah.